understand boss speak. I know the friendliness of an innocuous request masks the seriousness of a drop-dead demand. My boss says to me, "When you get a chance, can you do this or that?" He's really saying, "Do this or that now." I understand boss speak and respond to it instantly. I don't have a choice. He thinks it needs to get done. There's nothing I can do to change his mind, and there's no point in trying. I also understand criticism in boss speak. This is good work, but I wish you'd done it this way. He means he doesn't like my work and wants me to do it his way. I'll do it his way. I know my boss was once where I am now, knows a little more than I do, wants to show it and teach me a thing or two. I'll go along and learn something. To understand boss speak, you need to first accept him as your superior. You work for him. He pays your salary. He decides your business fate. These realities translate his language. There's no dictionaries, no seminars, no night courses, and he isn't going to diagram it for you either. You just have to listen and learn. Do it now. Do it fast. Thirteen. I'm looking for a career. I love the job you're interviewing me for. I'm so glad I made the cut to come in. I admire your company, and I'd like you to know I'm not a job hopper. I'm looking for a real job, a career. I like working for a company where I can work hard and showcase what I know and what I can do, where I'm part of a hardworking team and can remain as long as I'm creating, producing, and doing a good job. I'm also looking for a decent salary, so I'll know your company values my hard work. You hear people say we can't find dedicated employees anymore. Well, you're interviewing one now. I sound idealistic, and I am. The company will spend a lot of time and money training and assimilating you. They don't want you to be marking time until something better comes along, or for you to be using them to put a notch on your resume. Too many notches on resumes don't look good anyway, and loyalty is reciprocal in every relationship, including business. Fourteen, I have a sense of humor, but I don't kid around all the time. People are busy. I've got things to do. There isn't time. I see humor in my workaday life and in the lives of my family and friends. I also don't take myself too seriously. I see people who do every day. Especially in business, they're aloof, pompous, and without heart and soul. These are the opposites of attributes I try to attain and with which I want to make my way in the world. My sense of humor, my exuberance, come in handy in touchy situations, especially when an argument is fast rolling towards an ugly quarrel. With cantankerous coworkers, ornery suppliers, or let's say, challenging customers, with humor or a little story. I stop the train wreck and get everyone back to taking care of business, solving problems, making a sale. Bosses think people with a sense of humor perform better than the somber kind. They think sad dogs spread gloom, but laughter lifts spirits. But don't tell your boss you're funny. He might think you don't take your job seriously, and you know he wants you to be dead serious about what you're doing. No office clowns or plant jesters, please. Remember, money is at stake, 
and careers are on the line, especially yours. 15. I take a stand only on big issues. I take a stand on big issues, pivotal ones, the ones that can make or break a project or my career. Taking a stand on small ones would show pettiness, so I compromise on small ones, making it hard for people to say no to me. Life in business or life anywhere is full of misunderstandings, differences, and disagreements. I don't think it's useful to try to win every one of them. Most of them, or keep score. My winning at any cost will bruise egos and destroy friendships, which I don't want and can't afford. Letting my colleagues, even subordinates, and always bosses, win, fortifies their dignity and nourishes their self-image, which I'm sure they won't forget. I want to be a member of a self-assured, motivated team, rather than a beaten-down, demoralized band. Of argued-out drones. Never try to beat everyone on every point, even when you know you're right, even when the hard facts line up on your side. Sooner or later, the resentments pile up, and you no longer can count on the loyalty and support of your colleagues or even subordinates. And never argue with your boss. One way or the other, you'll lose every time. Sixteen, I don't dismiss or underestimate anyone, nor do I put anyone down. I don't think of any of my subordinates, colleagues, peers, suppliers, or heaven forbid, bosses and customers, as an inferior, a mediocre drone. First, they're not, nor do they think they are. They wouldn't be where they're at if they were. Everyone has a special gift, a certain self-image, and a contribution to make. Secondly, a superior attitude would infect my dealings with people around me and corrode my work and business life, which will, in short order, damage my relationships, diminish my productivity, and stunt my career. Not an outcome that I want, nor one that my family and friends would want for me. I don't dismiss my competitors or adversaries either. They're tenacious, not lame-brained. In a fast-changing, rough-and-tumble marketplace, I keep a sharp eye on every one of them. Everyone wants to be respected, wants to be made to feel special. Valuing everyone's opinions and contributions will generate goodwill for you. This will translate into support, propel you in achieving your goals, and assure your ascent in life and business. That's a generous payoff for simply respecting everyone around you, no matter how lowly. Or lofty their position in life or title. Your hard-charging competitors are working day and night to introduce a better product, a cheaper service, or capture market share from you. Never take your eye off of them, nor underestimate them. Seventeen. I get to know and learn what everyone is doing in my company, especially the movers and shakers. I first ask myself, what's the big picture of my company? What business we're in, what products we make, what services we render, who are our customers, who are our suppliers, what are our goals, where's our company going, and how soon we'll get there. Then, I get to know the people, what they're doing, and how they're doing things, especially the ones who are moving and shaking the company, the founders, the stars. I meet as many of them as I can. 
get to know them, learn their stories. My relationship with them and the syncing of my goals with theirs and those of my company will likely make my career, its pace, its direction, and its destination. Every company has a character. The character of a company is reflected in its people, and is a derivative of them, especially the movers and shakers. So, the sooner you know who does what and how, the sooner you can contribute to and determine the character and goals of your company, and the sooner you can lead it. Eighteen. I don't waste time settling scores. I know I can't win every dispute, not every argument, or even every point. When I lose, I keep my composure. I accept it with dignity. Not anger, and as a reality of dealing with people, doing business, getting things done, not as a personal offense to me. I don't look glum, I don't brood, and I don't throw tantrums. Nor do I scheme and plot to get even. There just isn't time. But I prepare thoroughly for the next time, because I don't want to lose back to back. It'll look bad. People will think I can't cut it, or. I don't have it. People who hold grudges and settle scores shortchange getting along, working hard, and getting things done. I'm not petty either. There are always reasons not to like someone, especially if you've lost a round or two to them. But what's the game? Nurturing hard feelings doesn't get the work done. I want to get the work done, and move on to the next task. To actuate your grudge, to settle scores, you'll need to solicit the support of your allies, colleagues, and your boss, and pay for it with time and hard-earned business IOUs.